0: To the abnormal Christian, I am Brad Mason, and guess what? I'm still here with Natasha Mason, and she's laughing. Uh, conversations. We love to have these. Uh, we have these real moments on the podcast.
1: I'm get it again?
0: Okay, I'll talk while she gathers herself. So uh, we have these real moments on the podcast, where a lot of times we're talking before we even get started, and we're just cutting up. So we have a good time. Um, I want to thank everybody for continuing to listen to the podcast. Uh, and taking the time to give us a little bit of your day or whatever it is um really want to give a I don't do they still do shout outs is that a thing or am I too old am I old is it not <laughs> a shout out? what is age. it what is it now it, it's not a, a is it a yeet I'm throwing out a yeet that's why I don't I'm <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue anyway want to throw uh, some kind of acknowledgement I I'll, I'll use I'll say that it makes it sound smart I'll throw an acknowledgement to the state the grand state of Virginia um, Virginia in the United States of America uh, is single-handedly carrying the podcast on their back. Uh, I don't know who's listening there, but we want to thank you because I mean, you know, we had um, f- over four thousand, forty-five hundred listens last month, and uh, like two thousand of it was coming out of Virginia, so it's fantastic. That's awesome.
1: He seems to think that it's old people in well, nursing homes. I think it's. And either, I'm like, right. I don't think that they.
0: It's either the early
1: in the podcast. It's either
0: old people no, in the no. nursing homes or it's our FBI agents. <laughs> And they're just listening over and over and over. Hopefully, it's uh, people around Washington, D.C., and maybe (laughs) we would have some kind of impact upon the government because they really do need it. Okay. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thanks to everybody else around the world um, who continues to uh, tune in and listen to our rantings and ravings. And we really do appreciate it. We don't, uh, again, we, uh, as I've said before, we don't make any money off this. We don't want any money off of this. Um, we're doing it for the glory of God, and, uh, and that's the real reason we should really do anything as believers, is to give God the glory 100%, uh, because we're not worthy of anything. Um, quick story today, where we live in North Carolina, there were uh, thunderstorms rolling through, and um, we just it was a couple tornadoes that spun out in different places. Some people's homes got destroyed. Our power actually went out here. Um, anyway, we have a pump downstairs, and um, it, it keeps water from getting into our basement, We've done a lot of work down there, and really concerned mm-hmm. about flooding. The basement flooding, the power went out, the pump stopped working, and the uh the water pit that's back there that the water collects <laughs> the in, rains kept know, raining. It just kept filling up. So I was really concerned about it, and I really stopped and just took some time to pray about it. Um, they were saying our power wasn't supposed to be back on until 8:30 p.m. tonight, um, and it came back on at seven. And so you know,
1: right when I got here,
0: yes, I was praising the Lord for that because uh, you know I kept praying, Lord, stop the rain or turn the power on because I really can't, you know, and and in our even. Even in our prayer lives, we might think sometimes that the smallest things uh, are, to a lot of people, it might seem ridiculous. But to us, to me, it's important. It's it's like praying over your food at lunchtime. Um, a lot of people do that. And a lot of people thank the Lord. Traditionally, and I'll throw this out there just so you know, traditionally the Jewish prayer custom was to pray after you've eaten. It wasn't to pray before. So I'm not quite sure where that switched. Where we decided we're going to pray before we have the food. Um, but they would typically sit down, eat a meal, and then thank the Lord. And I guess they were trying to wait to see if it was good enough. You know, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, so my point there is we're praying over the food that we're eating, that God would bless it and, you know, he would uh, use it to make us... uh fit for his to the
1: nourishment of our body. Correct,
0: that's the uh, standard line. But the point being is that we're praying over food, right? So everything that we're doing, we're giving God praise. And so I want to give a little praise to the Lord today for man getting our power back on early and uh, really keeping our basement from turning into a lake. So that's uh, that's definitely a blessing. We're still praying for the people who there were some homes that were destroyed tornadoes and um, down in an area called Kannapolis, and uh, praying for those folks that the Lord um, you that's know, really near Charlotte really steps up and meets their needs. He's going <laughs> to step up and meet their need. Um, So that's the kind of God we serve. He listens to his people. So uh, this episode, we're going to kind of... uh... I don't really know. I asked Natasha what we want to call it. We're going to
1: call it Rambling Man. All
0: right. We'll call it Rambling Man. (laughs) So you've listened to a lot of the episodes that we've done before. Uh, Hopefully, if you've made it this far, you definitely have. Um, And so some of the episodes you've heard us, we've just kind of talked about current culture. We've talked about being Christians in the world because that is what the abnormal Christian is about. It's about being um, not just the Christian in church. It's being outside of that. It's about taking it into the streets and taking it into your job and finding opportunities to minister and witness to people And uh, finding those unique situations and praying that God would bring those unique situations into your life. And so that's what we've really shared a lot of on this podcast. Um, We've also started recently uh, the study of the book of Acts. If you haven't heard that, I would encourage you to listen to that. We're looking at the book of Acts from a historical viewpoint. Um, We're looking at it from... uh, In
1: context.
0: Correct. We're looking at it from the narrative as it was written. Um, I'm doing a lot of research into it. I'm trying to find uh, information that you might not know and things that are a little bit outside of the normal. When you read the Bible, why? What does this verse really mean? And I'm trying to take it back a little bit further. Uh, one of the things that I would say we talked about today um, would be that the Bible itself, if you're if you're if you know your scriptures, you're going to have to admit that all twelve of the disciples were Jewish men. Were they? Yeah, I, I concur. Was Jesus <clears throat> Yeshua? Was he a, a Jewish man? He was born one, yes. Yes, he was born one, right? So he was a keeper of the law. He was a rabbi to them. He was a great master. He was the teacher. He was uh, he was everything that, that um, you he's were. the
1: fulfillment yes, of the law. Yes,
0: he was a fulfillment of the law. He was everything that they had expected a, um, a man to be who would follow after the law. He was that perfection of following after the law. Um, But he was Jewish, and he was Hebrew, and and his ideas and a lot of the things he said came out of his Hebrew roots and his Hebrew culture. Um, There are things that are specifically um, based upon the Old Testament. There's specific feasts, and there's specific things that they did. Sabbath day to them meant something specific um, versus Sunday to us. It's not the same day. Um, There was a very different way uh, that they thought. And so when we look at the Bible... We we take it because the New Testament is written in Greek that um, we need to see it through Greek eyes or that we need to see it from a Greek viewpoint. Um, and it's it's definitely, it makes that it difficult. Somehow
1: he's transformed from this Jewish man into this... Greek man?
0: Well, I think what typically has happened, I think, is that when the gospel spread, um, and it went into Rome, and it went into uh, these other Greek areas, and it went to the Hellenistic people, and it, and it spread, um, they adapted a lot of it to their own current thoughts and culture. So Uh, because it was written in Greek, um, it, when we, any preacher, I mean, you listen to a preacher on Sunday, they get up, they, they want to talk about something out of the new Testament. They're going to go to a root word and they're always going to go back to the Greek and going to say, well, this word in Greek means X, Y, and Z. And that's, that's good. And that's great and all, but you're missing out on something a little bit deeper because the men who wrote it were Jewish. They were Hebrew, and they were trying to express to the Gentile nations and to the Greeks um, what it meant to accept Yeshua Messiah. And so it's like me. I was thinking of this yesterday. It's like me, who speaks English, um, trying to write something in Spanish, right? And so I'm writing it in Spanish, and I may not actually be able to express myself completely, either because the language itself lacks something, or maybe it just has too much.
1: Something's going to get a little lost in translation.
0: Right. So... um, That's well, yeah, and I think so. I don't now. I think the Word of God is complete, and I think everything the Lord wanted to be in there. But I think sometimes the meanings that we pull from that are meanings that we choose, meanings that we want. I'll give an example. So in the uh, in the idea of Greek, um, just using the Greek mind, if I were to say something is new to you, what does that mean? If I say it's new, you got a new car.
1: I've never had it before.
0: Okay, or the car itself is. Yeah, go ahead. You're, you're on the right, you're on the right it's track. Brand new. It's brand new. Does it brand new versus used means what? What is a used car?
1: Nobody's ever used it before. There
0: you go. Nobody's ever used it before. So in the Greek mentality, this is our current culture. When we think new, we think something that's never been used. We think something that is, uh, you know, it's straight off a factory line or it's, the packaging's never been broken. It's brand new. It's new. Nobody's ever had this. So not
1: been spoiled. So in
0: the Hebrew, you have the, op, you have the idea that new doesn't always mean the same thing. It means, it can mean something different. So, and I'll give an example. When the Bible says they were to do a festival on the new moon, does that mean the same thing? Is the moon brand new? No. The moon just came out of nowhere. It goes away and... There it is, brand new every month. We've
1: had the moon before.
0: Correct. So it doesn't mean necessarily that the the moon itself is new. What it means is is that it's renewed. Um, So we have this idea, and when we look at the the Bible through uh, this Greek perspective, some things don't mean the same. They don't have the same meaning uh, from Hebrew to Greek. And so I think it it benefits us when we look at the Bible, when we start applying that mentality of, man, I really want to know, these guys were Jewish, and they have a lot of customs and traditions, and um, the Old Testament tells about a lot of these things. Things, how does that apply to the New Testament? Because that's where I think we find the deeper things of God is when we start understanding history and we start understanding the complexity of God's word. So, um, and and that's kind of what we're trying to do on the podcast. And so what we're talking about in this episode is that we're wanting to, um, we're calling this episode Rambling Man, Well, right? we're
1: kind of just wanting to lay out things that we're thinking about discussing.
0: Sure, topics, different forward. topics, um, because I want... I want I would like to have your feedback as a listener as to what, what issues of the scriptures have you run across that you would have questions on? What are some things that you would like to know about? What are some ideas or some uh, topics that you would like us to discuss? Because there's there you may think, even if you think in the realm that I already know it, and I can't say that I'm able to answer everything, but I promise you, I will study it and look and see if I can get the, the correct answer. Um, but in the realm that you might already know everything you know about um, believing, um, ask a question. What would you like us to, you know, to look up? You can email us at the at gmail.com and we'll be happy. We'll do an episode based off of what someone asked. You can ask about the rapture, you can ask about the resurrection, you can ask about the birth of Christ, you could ask about the death of Christ. You could ask, what does the number 12? This is one, what does the number 12? Why is that an important number in the Bible? And you say, Well, I don't really know that it was. Well, how many disciples were there? Twelve. How many tribes were there? Twelve. How many foundations to the gates or city of heaven are there?
1: Twelve.
0: How many gates are there? Twelve. So the twelve. Twelve has a lot to do with it. And numerology um, the Lord, he is very precise in the things that he does. So the number 12 has a lot to do with it. Number three has a lot to do with it. Um, in Hebrew, the numbers and, and letters have different, even the numbers and letters themselves have different meanings. Um, so there's a lot of stuff there. And if you think you have a grasp on it, that's awesome. But if you'd like to know a little more about it, please email us and say, Hey, can you do a podcast on this one subject? Um, one of the things I want to look at, we're going to I'll hit real quick and brief, briefly, because I don't want to get well, too far. He was it.
1: rambling at dinner and I was like, Oh, stop. We need to go. I do
0: ramble. So one of the things I would uh, bring up is um, that we use the current calendar. Our current calendar is a Gregorian calendar. Um, and we are in the year 2020, correct? I think this is really interesting because if you look at, uh, if you've been in the church realm most of your life, I'm 43 and I've been it since I was a kid. Um, I couldn't tell you how many times I heard Jesus was supposed to come back. He's supposed to come back in like 1984 and 1989 and 1990. And then I think the Y2K the year, year 2000. 2000. Yeah, there was a guy who said, <clears throat> um, I'll not call him out by name, but you know who you are. You said, uh, he may not listen to this, but <laughs> he <laughs> said, uh, if Jesus doesn't come back, you can label me a False prophet because I believe it's going to happen and it didn't happen and henceforth I've I've labeled this man a false prophet because uh, he said so so there it is um, but we've had this over and over in the Christian realm that we've had one guy pop up and, and write a book and then somebody else and we've had people like the Heaven's Gate they're not even Christians but you've had cults that have killed themselves based on ideas of of some being returning to collect everyone to themselves and so we've gone over this for years and and the main thing I've always heard I always heard when I was growing up was uh, the six thousand Year theory in most Christian realms, the dispensationalism um, that you're under this dispensation and under that dispensation, and each one lasts a certain period of time. And um, you know, I heard one time uh, it was 4,000 years from Adam to Jesus on the cross, and then it's 2,000 years from Jesus on the cross to now, so he should come back, right? Because he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. This is a current um, church doctrine that is out there, um, interestingly enough. Uh, when you do some research, you find out that there's another calendar out there besides the one we're using uh, right now in the um, in the context of time. Because the Bible is Hebrew, it was written by Jewish people. It's all about Israel. Uh, it's all about the Gentiles being grafted in to Israel. Um, and from that idea and context, what what year is it to the Jewish people? What year is it to the Hebrew people? What year is that? It's not the same as what we do. What year is it? Anybody know? Mm, okay so the year current year is 5780 So it's 5780. Why does that matter? They believe that the calendar, the calendar that they use started when Adam was created. And they believe that calendar that they use will end at the 6,000 year mark. That 6,000 year mark, the reason I say it's going to end is because they believe in a millennial reign or millennial Sabbath that's going to happen. They base, just like a lot of church doctrine does, they base their idea on a a seven day creation week. They say each thousand years represents a day in the creation. in that story. Um, so right now to them, we're in the year 5780. So why does that even matter? And I think the reason it matters is because we understand that Jesus was a Jew and a lot of the things that they did, a lot of things that happened to him were foretold in the Old Testament. A lot of the things that occurred were based upon Jewish ideas and principles. And I think on one of the previous episodes we did before, I said, you know, I really think it's another 250 years before Jesus comes back. And this is kind of where I get the idea. So if you go uh, from 5780 right now, and you were to go 220 more years, that would be the year 6000. Um, Interestingly enough, in the Talmud, um, to the uh, Zohor, the um, the Kabbalists, a, a lot of these different um, Jewish uh, cult sects, ideas, mentalities, rabbis. I mean, there's rabbis through the ages. They all hold to the same thing that Messiah has to come before the year six, the, the, before the year six thousand. Or by the year six thousand, so he could set up that millennial Sabbath, and that's what we see in the book of Revelation. We see a Messiah coming, and he sets up his millennial kingdom for that thousand year reign. So that we we agree, we agree that's in the Bible, and we agree that there's a six day. You know, most churches people would churches people, most theologians would say, um, yeah, we agree that there's this six thousand year idea, and then there's the uh, the thousand year reign of Christ. The only thing we don't agree upon is what the timing is, because we we think. And we've said it that um, you know the Bible says that uh, no man knows the day or the hour except the Father, right? So we sit and we say, well, no, that means Jesus could come at any time. He could just come in any day, any hour. We could, it could be no, he, no. That's not going to. That's not how it works. That's not at all how it works. He doesn't come at any day or any hour. He comes when God the Father sends him. God, our Father, has a preplanned, preordained day and time that he's going to send his Son. It is not random by any stretch of the imagination. Now, to us, it seems random again because we don't know when that is. But to God the Father, there is a preplanned day and time. Um, interesting, I think this goes along with his resurrection. Um, because the Sabbath is a big thing to God. People can, we could say that somewhere along the way, the, uh, the Catholic church, one of the popes, and I'll get the information on his name so I can support this claim. You can Google it yourself. But one of the popes says that the Catholic church had enough supremacy that they could change the Sabbath day from Saturday to Sunday. And they didn't need God, basically didn't need God's permission to do it. And they did. They changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. In God's word, you never find that. You don't find it at all. There's not one instance of it ever saying that God's Sabbath that he created in Genesis, that God himself rested on, changed. He never said, I changed that. He doesn't say, ooh, I'm going to change that to Sunday. He didn't ever say, make Sunday the the holy day. Um, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That was the command that we have that we're supposed to do. And somewhere along the way, we fell for this idea that we're going to do what someone else has said do. And we're going to tell people if they don't do it too, well, you're just not good. No, I think the Lord can, we can worship the Lord God. You're not
1: Christian enough. Well,
0: exactly. I think we can worship the Lord any day of the week that we, we want to. He's willing, you know, the Bible says he doesn't esteem one day above another. And what he means there is that he doesn't esteem whether we worship him, follow him, praise him, um, any any one day over the other, but he does. He himself rested on a specific day. He gave us a command to remember this day and to keep it holy. He didn't just say, remember the day. That's the interesting part. He didn't just say, remember it. He said, keep that day holy. Um, and honestly, I could say that a lot of people well, just don't, they don't, I don't know. It's, it's like if it doesn't fall within the idea or the, the construct of my belief system that I've been told, um, then I don't need it. And it's not, I don't, it doesn't matter if you have a Bible and it has facts and, and actual information. You're just, you know, you're a know it all and you think you know everything. And I don't want to hear that. And so that's where the culture we're in. And I mean, it's been that way for the last 2,000 years. So anyway, my whole point there is this that if this is the year 5, 7, fifty seven eighty. Okay. Say we believed um, we followed that uh, Jewish calendar, like I should think we would be following the Jewish weeks, the days. Um, that means there's another 220 years to go before the 6,000 year mark hits. I mean, that's that's math. Um, that means that Jesus, yes, he could come between now and then. Anytime in there, he could come in there. Um, but I would say if you would look at the last 20 years, look at cult corruption in America in the last 10, 20 years, it's exploded. I mean, I don't think we we as Christians would have ever thought in twenty in a twenty year span we would see what we see. Um, we didn't think we would see the spread of Islam like we see the spread of Islam um, being as in some places as violent as it is. I know there's people who want to say it's all the peaceful and, and wonderful and huggy and all that, but they forget about all the people in Africa and all the people in you know uh, Iran and Iraq and all these other places in the world where Islam is fighting with itself and and killing Christians and killing people because they don't convert. It's peaceful. Um, in certain areas, yes, but in other parts of the world, it is absolutely everything but peaceful. Um, But anyway, take that idea Take the idea that in 20 years you've seen Immorality increase to the level that it is Today, and you've seen false religion And paganism, paganism especially um, uh, Atheism Increase in the last 20 years And then you apply another 200 to that Apply, Apply another 200 years to that And what I think you see in another 200 Years is exactly what the Bible describes It is a world that is coming apart At the seams, it is a world where Believers are persecuted, it is a world where They're being killed, it is a world where when Messiah returns, it is just a violent upheaval. Um, and we, talk, we, we also brought up this point too, that when Jesus returns, they're so, um, they're so against him that they think they're going to make war with him. They see him coming and we're going to fight him when he gets here. That says a lot about the culture at the time. If the world itself wants to fight against the Messiah who is coming, what does that say? That's just ridiculous. Why would you ever think you could defeat the son of God in any kind of thing? But the current culture of the world at that time is so drawn in and so violent and so um, selfish that they don't want righteousness. They don't want holiness. They, don't want, they want to live according to their own deeds. They want to do according to their own works. They want their own self-satisfaction. And so at the time that Jesus comes, I think the world is in such chaos um, like we've never seen. And the Bible says in a, in a few passages, if he didn't come back. Uh, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be able to say the very, uh, the elect because there's a few that are left and, and and there's just so much in the book of revelation. So we're going to touch on some of that. And I know I rambled into that because it's called rambling, Uh, (laughs) but I rambled into that. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, I want to get into a little bit more information there. I want to get into a little bit more study with you guys and really kind of be able to lay out to you some kind of logical ideas and thoughts. Now, some of this stuff, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to base your theology on it. you can do Whatever you want to hear and believe, you can believe. And whatever you want to throw away, you want to throw away. That's fine. But I'm going to give you the factual information from historical context and from a biblical perspective. Because there are things that are in the Bible that are specifically that tell us, well, there are things we can know. And One of the things that I, I think um, hit me the hardest at one point, and I think I've hit on it a couple times, is the... Um, the crucifixion, right? The crucifixion of Jesus, the resurrection of Christ. Been a little teaser. Yes. Uh, we've talked about this r- a couple times. And it's very, it, it drives me crazy. It, it drives me a little bit nuts. Because it, here's the thing. When it comes to history, you can go to a history book and you can read when George Washington was born. You can read when Abraham Lincoln was born. You can read when Caesar Augustus was born. You can read when uh, Greek kings and uh, Egyptian pharaohs were all born. We can read when all these people in the world were born. Um, but when it comes to Jesus, we throw a coin up in the air and we hope we hit it right. And so when it comes down to his death, we can tell when somebody was crucified. I mean, the historical records in Rome are were, were kept very well, and there's very good historical information. There are other writers other than the scripture, Josephus being one, who relate to this man named Jesus and what happened to him. And the Bible itself, amazingly enough, the Bible itself tells us, we can know it gives us in the Old Testament a timeline that we can know the day and the hour that Christ was crucified. I don't think we, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say we can know it was like uh, at 9:52 in the morning. I don't think it's that specific, but we know from the sacrifice in the Old Testament when this would have occurred. We know he was in Jerusalem at a specific time. We know he was there at Passover, and there's some key things there that I really want to lay out. And you say. Maybe that's the fact of me being a bit of a biblical nerd and wanting to be factual, but that's what I want. When I talk to people, I don't want to give them this idea that I'm a Christian and I don't know. I don't. I want to be able to contend for the faith. I want to be able to talk to someone and say, you know, when they say, well, how do you know Jesus was real? How do you know he was alive? How do you know he was crucified? You know, it doesn't make sense. You, you Christians say he was crucified on Good Friday and then he rose from the dead on Sunday morning. But your own Bible says that he was dead three days and three nights. How did that work out? You know, I mean, there are those conversations we have with people who are going to throw doubts at us. And if we're a Christian and we don't even know the answer, we're going to have doubt ourselves. We're going to start growing these ideas that you know, yeah, I always say I believe, but I really couldn't explain that. Well, it's just faith. You know, (laughs) it's just faith.
1: Oh, it doesn't really matter.
0: Right. And to a lot of people, it doesn't. If it doesn't matter to you, that's fine. But it matters to me. I want to know as much. I want to be as factual. I want to be as accurate because the God I serve is a living God and his son was a living man in the flesh. He was God in the flesh. And that's important to me. And uh, so we're going to take a look at that. We're going to really get into that. And I'm, I'm working on an outline right now that's hopefully it'll be enough for one episode. It'll probably be way more than I need. Um, But we're going to get into that. We're going to get into a couple things in the Old Testament. We'll talk a little bit about uh, David and Goliath, especially David, some of the things that went on in David's life. Um, We'll talk about Abraham and Isaac. There's some big things there in Abraham and Isaac, really the covenant that God makes with Abraham and what God does, um, which is very unusual. Um, So there's a lot of these things coming up. And we're probably going to do it'll probably be titled another special episode or something. I don't know, uh, maybe called "Seeking the Truth," and we'll throw uh, you know specific topics um, in here. So we really wanted to kind of lay that out for you and give you the option, give you the opportunity. To uh, email theabnormalchristian at gmail.com and give us your idea. If you have an idea for a podcast episode that you would like to hear, if there's something in the Bible you would like to hear, um, we would be happy to do that. Um, And so, you know, we're going to continue on. The Lord has continued to use the the podcast, it's continuing to grow. And um, we're really just, we're amazed by it and we're thankful. Um, But uh, from us, we really, uh, we're glad you're listening. Thanks for listening. I hope you listen to us continue to ramble. And uh, one of the things you could do before we go is uh, share this with your friends and family. If anything, if, you, if you're if like, oh, your podcast is a little wonky, I don't know. Um, share with them the study of Acts, because that is, there's some good info, especially Acts number, that chapter 10, I'm telling you, that chapter 10 is still one of my favorites. got all over me. But share that with your friends and family. It's, it's a good opportunity to, um, to learn about the Bible together in a short format. I mean, we're only going for maybe 24, 25 minutes at a time and um, and really get the family together to study the Word of God. So we appreciate all of you listening. We thank you for all that you do. Continue to pray for us. Continue to pray for the uh, persecuted church around the world. And we hope God will continue you.
1: <laughs> Bye.